Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com. Today we're starting a new series. Uh, it's called Wholeness. We're going to spend the entire month of June speaking about wholeness. How many know it would be a good idea for us to have a whole heart in this season, yeah? That we would pursue wholeness. And I'll just be honest with you, like, wholeness doesn't mean you don't feel things. It's quite the opposite. You feel all of it. And I'm having a hard day. Straight up, I'm having a hard weekend. I've had a hard week, but this weekend has been probably, no, the hardest weekend of my ministry life. Uh, I've been in ministry 15 years, believe it or not. This has been the hardest weekend of my life. Had to make some decisions that truly broke my heart. And it's just been painful. And so I'm not the guy who's going to fake it. I'm just not. And so I, I need to say that now just so that if anything comes off like super heavy or aggravated, it's because I'm super heavy and aggravated. I, I don't believe in masks, and that's not a statement on COVID. That's not, I'm not talking about that. I just don't. Listen, I got issues, all right, but inauthenticity is not one of them. It's just not. I, I got my own, but that's not one of them. I don't have that issue, okay? I don't believe you can fake it and make it. So for God to say what he needs to say today, I need to be honest with you. I can't honor you. I cannot honor you and be dishonest with you. I devalue you the minute I lie to you because I'm not trusting you with the truth. I'm not trusting you with vulnerability. So here I am attempting to display our first core value that you're to die for. Your value is eternally fixed. And so I need to value you properly. Amen. I'm talking to the bride of Christ, and I'm just always careful when speaking to another man's bride. Just saying. So today we're going to get into a series called Wholeness, like I said. Um, our mission is for the lost to be found. Somebody help me. The found to be free and for peace to reign in our city. That's absolutely true, but we need to define. He's got the shirt. He went, <laughs> he's got the shirt. He went, bah. That was awesome. I saw that. Anyway, the word peace needs to be defined in this hour because there's a lot of opinions about what peace looks like. And I just want to give you a biblical opinion about that, okay? And it really means the word wholeness. We're thinking from the Hebraic idea of peace, which is shalom. If you've heard that word before, if you come to Israel with me, we say shalom, Shabbat shalom. That's, that means peace, okay? But it means more than that. It means completeness, it means soundness. It means welfare. It means nothing missing, nothing lacking, okay? That's what shalom means. It's used beautifully in Numbers 6, 24 through 26. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you, help me, peace. Give you peace. Give you, the word is shalom. Give you wholeness. So when we say we want peace to reign in our city, we're saying wholeness come. Okay, and let me just announce to you that the opposite of peace, I'll tell you what it is not. The opposite of peace is not conflict. It's division. The opposite of peace is fracturedness. It's division. It's non-wholeness. I'll try to put it plainly here. Division is the main tactic of the enemy. He's called in the book of Revelation the accuser of the brethren. You've heard this before? Anybody heard that before? Yeah, that word accuser is literally the Greek word we get categories from. He's the categorizer of the brethren. He puts us in groups so that we can accuse each other. 
Whenever you put a label on a group, and it, it makes it easier for you to devalue them. Let me say it this way. Whenever you put a wrong label on a group, it makes it easier to devalue them. Basically, anything less than neighbor is easy to devalue. Who is my neighbor? Right? That's what, that was the question when Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, well, who is my neighbor? Wait, wait a minute. Who's my neighbor? Because <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, it's called the gospel pill. All right? You got to get with it. <laughs> love your neighbor. Your neighbor. End of sentence. Let me tell you. Let me help you. Let me give you the translation. The one near you. That's what neighbor means. But the devil wants us to be divided. He, this is his tactic, okay? 1 John 3, 8 says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. What that's a reference to, in my mind, is the fact that he took a third of the angels, divided the angelic host, and led a revolt against God. There was a division from the beginning. He's been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus did not come to keep the peace. He came to destroy the works of the devil. There's a big difference. Often to keep the peace is to ignore the pain. Let's just, oh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about politics or religion or don't, just don't talk about it. Let's keep the peace, keep the peace, keep the peace. You're not called to be a peacekeeper. You're called to be a peacemaker. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. You know these verses, but listen. Blessed are the, help me, peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, helps word studies. I use this often. It's a Bible dictionary. It helps me understand the Greek because I'm not a Greek scholar. Hallelujah. And it says, a peacemaker is one who bravely declares God's terms, which makes someone whole. Did you hear that? A peacemaker is someone who bravely declares God's terms. And his terms, his terms make people whole. So if you, in the name of God, are creating division, I would tell you, you are operating in the wrong spirit. Titus 3 actually says, warn a divisive person once, warn them twice, and then the third time, have nothing to do with them. Titus 3.10, I believe it is. I'm not sure it's in there. You can read the whole book of Titus if you want. Find it. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> a peacemaker is one who declares God's ideas, and his ideas make people whole. They don't fracture people. They don't divide you in your heart. And when it says they shall be called sons of God, that word called is recognized, meaning people will recognize you as a son or a daughter of God if you make peace. It's not you become a son of God or a daughter of God because you are a peacemaker. It's because you are a son, you are a daughter, you make peace. And people go, oh, there goes one of his kids. Amen. There goes one of God's kids. Whoa. You'll be called. You'll be recognized is the word. I just, I just, I would love to break something to you. I have no intention of keeping the peace. None. I have no intention of keeping the peace. I have every intention of making it. Every intention of making it. That looks a little different than you might think. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> I've told this before. I've enjoyed telling it all weekend because it's hilarious. Yeah. If you don't know, we have a 6 o'clock on Saturday and 9 o'clock on Sunday. And if you, you know, want a little less of a crowd, you could just meander on over there. You know, whatever. So this is a very popular time. So it's kind of like a subtle, like, hey, hey, if you can, please go to one of those. Anyway, <laughs> because we need space, you know, for people. This is a small room. Anyway, 
Um, <clears throat> no worries. I'm not worried about it. But I do want to tell you a story. And it's from a few years ago when I was on staff at another church. I was sitting down at a restaurant, a fast food place, and I was just eating lunch with one of uh, my, my co-workers. And <clears throat> I was viewing the parking lot from inside, you know, glass windows. And I saw a, a possible car wreck. It was about to happen. You know, one car was backing out and not looking, obviously. Another car was coming through the parking lot a little too fast, I'll just say, you know. So car B is backing out. Car A is coming too quick. You know, and they narrowly miss each other. And I'm like, whoa. I'm watching it happen. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That was almost bad, right? And I was like, whoo, no big deal. They didn't hit each other. All good. Well, car A coming through the parking lot decided to put it in park in the middle of the parking lot. Not in a space, just in the middle of the parking lot. And guy A decides to get out of his car and walk up to car B where a little girl, I mean, she had to be like 19, is driving this this car, okay, she was the perpetrator of backing up, not looking, you know, and guy A starts shouting at this girl, loud enough to where I can hear him in the restaurant. I can hear his voice. He is angry, all right, mad, okay, screaming at her. Well, what guy A didn't see when he looked up into the car was Mr. Boyfriend in the back seat of the car, and so Mr. Boyfriend, you know, opened the door <laughs> and they if you've seen Star Wars they started having what's called aggressive negotiations <clears throat> all right and it was a heated debate you know very divided and they were they were shouting all three of them were shouting so loud I could hear three voices within the restroom and something inhuman rose up in my human something other stood up on the inside of me and made my feet start moving and start walking towards these people, okay? And these guys, these are big construction guys, all right? I'm a buck 20 soaking wet, all right? After eating all day, all right? So with my shoes on. So I am walking me, all right? I didn't even have my mane out. I had it up in a bun, you know? I didn't even have a beard. I was just, I wasn't even protected, you know? I'm walking out just... And these three are screaming at each other, and the two men have started to make the circle. You know, you know the circle? You went to high school? Yeah, the circle. They're like, you know, acting like they know how to fight. They don't know how to fight. They just saw the movie. This is what you do. When you're going to fight, you make a circle. And you're just like, you're acting like you're going to dodge their punch. Yeah, whatever. You know? And they are still shouting at each other, come on, man, do it, do it, come on, man. You know? And I walk right into the middle of the circle. I mean, and I said, hey, guys. What's happening? And they're like, do we circle him? I don't know. What are we? <laughs> I was like, what? What happened? I saw the cars. They almost hit. That was crazy, right? <laughs> and they're screaming and shouting, blah, blah, blah. And they start yelling. The girl starts yelling from the car again. She starts going, how old are you? How old are you? To the guy, you know, in car A. I'm like, not helping. Not helpful. Oh, man. And so they're screaming. I finally get a word in edgewise. I'm like, hey, nothing's happened yet, right? 
No, nothing's, I, as far as I can tell, nothing's happened. No one got hurt. Nothing has happened yet, right? And boyfriend starts, it starts making sense to him. He comes into his right mind, you know, you know? And I see it in his eyes. He's like, oh, yeah, this is really dumb. This is really stupid, you know? And so he starts, he just like, forget this guy, whatever. All of a sudden starts walking to his car. I'm like, oh, what? <clears throat> and as he's walking to his car, he's almost in the car. I wish he would have been a little quicker. I wish he had been a little quicker. I hear the sound, and it's not a heavenly sound. It's the sound of mucus coming out of the other man's throat. And I hear it, a projectile object fly through the air. And this man had spit and landed right on the back of the dude's head. I mean, just bullseye. I'm like, good aim, you know? <laughs> just bang. And I'm like, you know, there's fight, there's flight, but there's also freeze. Yeah, this was freeze. Caleb, fr I'm like, <gasps> what is about to happen? So boyfriend slams the car door, starts coming at him. And dude, I don't know what's happening in me. All right, I get in his way. Like this is, someone would say, use wisdom, brother. You know, like that would, this would not be a display of supposed wisdom, right? I get right in his face. This guy's red, like seeing red, you know? And I mean, he just had the back of his head spit on after trying to leave, like, you know? And he's just, and he's coming. And I get like this close to him and say, hey, man, he's not worth it. He's not worth it. And he's like, dude, I don't know what to do. He's like holding his breath. I'm like, he's not worth it. And this dude gets in his car and they drive away. I turn around to like talk to the other guy, you know, and he is literally running from me like this. He's like, I mean, a big man running away from me. I'm like, ah, oh, that's what demonic possession looks like. I was like, wow. I ain't not, never seen that before. A big 300-pound man running away from buck 20. I don't see it. I don't see it often. Blessed are the peacemakers. They wade into conflict and bring wholeness. They don't avoid the hard thing. They step right in the middle of the circle, right in the middle of the fight. Now, let me tell you, it wasn't like decisions I was making, okay? Maybe God was like, Caleb really needs a sermon example about four years from now. I don't know. I don't know. Just telling you, it was inhuman. It was supernatural. It was my natural with his super on it, all right? It was supernatural, okay? Because all I did was say words, but there was something behind my words. It's called wholeness. That could have ruined their families forever, depending on how far it went. I mean, they could have both gone to jail. Their, their kids have no father. What? I mean, could have wreaked havoc on generations, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be recognized, called sons of God. God wants us to be whole, no division within us, so that we can relieve people of their division around us. He wants us to take our wholeness and bring it to others. Okay, the word saved is used 110 times in the New Testament. And we hear I've been saved or I got saved. We think very narrowly about that word. We think I am now going to heaven. I got my ticket, right, to heaven. I got my fire insurance. I'm going to heaven. 
I'm sorry, that is only a fraction of what that word even means, okay? So I want to bring it out for you because the word sozo, say sozo, is the word used in the Greek for saved. And it means to save for sure, but it also means to deliver or protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well, or to make whole. Did you hear that? When it says he came to save, right, it's saying he came to deliver, protect, to heal, preserve, to do well, and to make whole. This also means to be rescued from destruction and brought into divine safety. Now. Not in heaven. Now. Say now. I don't know about you, but I have been saved. Right? I have received the Lord. I have given my life to him. I have been rescued, protected, healed, preserved, made whole. This is the purpose of Jesus. The purpose of Jesus in the flesh was to bring us wholeness. To bring you wholeness. Let me just show you a couple times in scriptures where he uses this word saved. Matthew chapter 121 says of Mary, she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. But next slide, it's actually he will heal, preserve, and make whole his people from their sins. Because sin had done the opposite. Had broken them taken away their preservatives, right, their ability to sustain, and divided them. The opposite of wholeness is what sin does. Matthew 18, 11, for the Son of Man has come to, help me, save that which was lost. But this really is, for the Son of Man has come to heal, preserve, make whole that which was lost. I really want you to hear this because sin kills, man. Sin kills you and the one you do it against. Sin kills two people at one time. It does. I think if we preach sin more accurately, we'd have to preach it less. People are like, they're not preaching sin enough in that church. Well, we're just preaching sin accurately. And when you do that, check it out. Romans 6, 23. It says, sin's meager wages is death, right? But God's lavish gift is life eternal. You either get a wage... You earn a wage or you get a gift. Your choice. Sin pays a wage. God gives a gift. <laughs> Lavish gift is life eternal found in our union with our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Seven, uh, Romans 7.11. It says, sin, by means of the commandment, that's the law, built a base of operation with me to overpower me and put me to death. That's before Jesus. It built a base of operation and overpowered me and put me to death. But I've been saved. I've been rescued. I've been given wholeness. I've been brought into union with Christ. Sin is whatever the opposite of love is. Sin is whatever is opposite of love. 1 John 3, 14 says, We know that we have passed out of death into life. Did you hear that? We know that we have passed out of death into life. Does anyone here know they've passed out of death already into life? Like that's your current situation. Like we got to start there. We got to start there. We know, who's we? We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. That's the fruit of what has already happened in our hearts. Wholeness in our hearts. Wholeness for them. Whoever does not love abides in death. There's an abiding in death that is a lack of love. It's killing you to not love your neighbor as yourself. It's actually tearing you apart on the inside. Who's my neighbor? Sin divides. 
It removes our wholeness. It breaks. It fractures. There's one example of this uh, in James 1. You know, like a lack of faith would be categorically a sin, right? Like not having faith. Like God, he, anyone who would come after him must believe that he exists. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen? So James talks about this, the result of a lack of faith, a result of one kind of sin here. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. That's a promise. If you're not very wise, just ask. <laughs> I ask all the time. <laughs> but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is a divided man within himself. Are you following me? This sin of doubt breaks your mind in half, man. It creates double-mindedness. It creates confusion. On the flip side, wholeness results in abundant life. Sin results in division, divide, fractured pieces. Wholeness results in abundance. Wholeness is the root of abundance. It is. John 10, 7 through 10 says, Jesus went over it again. Somebody say hallelujah. I just love that verse because, I mean, is it just me or I need God to repeat himself quite a few times. So Jesus went over it again. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. All those who broke in before me are thieves who come to steal, but the sheep never listen to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. This is the gospel. I like it. If we would just preach the gospel, people would want it. Hey, want some life? Want some freedom? Want some satisfaction? I got it. I got it. Here's the problem. We don't have wholeness in our hearts. It's not manifesting. The truth of who we are is not coming out. And we're preaching peace with divided hearts. We're protesting against violence with violence within us. I don't mind telling you the truth. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow. Overflow with what? Wholeness. An abundant life is marked by wholeness. Jesus prayed this. He prayed this in John 17 that we would be one. You know, one means one, right? Like we're in one room. If I put a divider between this room, we'd be in two rooms. Really deep example. I know. One is non-division. Hello? One is no division. One room. We're all in the same room. We're, on, we're virtually together with you online. We love you. You're amazing. We bless you, those who are watching online. Where's my girl from Malaysia at? She, there's this lady from Malaysia who's always very encouraging to me. I'm thankful for you. Anyway, isn't that cool? It's like we're even one with people in Malaysia right now. It's wild. Like that's the, that's the spiritual truth of God breaking into the natural. Anyway, that's another sermon. Jesus prayed we would be, say it. One, let me just give you a new paradigm that we would be whole. Yeah? John 17, 16 through 23, it says, they are not of the world. He's talking about his disciples. Just as I am not of the world, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. 
As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. And then he says this awesome prayer. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Say, that's us. Right? He was talking about his disciples in the day. And then he said, those who will believe because of what the word they carry. Isn't that great? Did you know Jesus has a recorded prayer for you? It's right here. You should probably know what it says. You know what I'm saying? He says, I do not ask for these only, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be, help me, one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is saying, we have no divisions between us, Father, and I want the same for them. Inside and around them. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be, help me, one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and love me, love them, even as you have loved me. We cannot be one with each other if we're divided within ourselves. We cannot have wholeness with one another if we're, not divide, if we're divided within ourselves. We, you can only give what you have, right? This is just a simple principle. You can only give what you have. If you need 100 bucks and I have 10, I cannot give you 100 bucks. That's why prosperity, true prosperity is never selfish. Did you hear what I just said? True prosperity is never selfish. <laughs> a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children's children. I plan to be a good man. I, yes, I'm talking about health, divine health, wholeness, and non-fractured in my finances. Wholeness. I'm talking about wholeness. Like nothing leaking. I'm always losing cash. That's a lack of wholeness in your heart. Health and wealth are, are, are soul issues. They are. Uh, he's preaching that prosperity gospel. Well, I love what my friend Jim says. He says, the gospel is not whole without prosperity. Prosperity is not the whole gospel, he says, but the gospel isn't whole without prosperity. Hello? I have plans to make you broke. To give you very little hope and somewhat of a future. <laughs> Selah. All right. So we can only give what we have. So Jesus came that we would be one with him. Are you hearing this? One with him in union with him so that we could be one with one another. He came and we have been made one by his cross. Okay. You have been made one with him. The life of the believer does not end in union with Christ. It begins there. Okay? It begins in union with Christ. You don't have to believe that. You've been wrong before. It begins in union with Christ. It starts there. That's the starting point. He set us right with himself. We've been made one with him. Oh, I have to do it. I have to do it for my Facebook police. Galatians 2.20, 1 Corinthians 6.17, Hebrews 10.10. I mean, how many more should I give you? I just, Romans 6.6. 6. Uh... Romans 8, 9, 10 through 11. I mean, okay, that's enough. You can do your research before you write me the message. I'm over it. For peace to reign in our city, peace has to reign in our hearts. We're going to rise up as peacemakers in this hour. This church is going to rise up as those who make peace. We're not praying for peace. We're making peace. 
We're going to release the wholeness within us to everyone around us. I'm going to have the band come up. We're going to worship. We're going to respond to the Lord in worship because of this word. It's his word. It's not my ideas. This is, I mean, I've given you a lot of scripture to think about. What I love about this format is that you actually, no matter your temperament or your personality, you can meditate on the word. You can read the scriptures for yourself. You can just have time in the presence with the Lord. It's good. Good save. She has been preserved, kept well, made whole. Hello? There you go. And now she said, I will deliver because I've been delivered. Thank you for this sermon example. It's great. Listen, if you have peace in your heart right now with God, it's not for you. I've never seen a tree eat its own fruit. It's always grown to give away. I've never seen a well drink its own water. It's always drawn to refresh others. Let me tell you what it looks like because Isaiah 58 says it right out for us. Isaiah 58, verse 10 through 12. It says, if you pour yourself out, did you hear that? If you pour yourself out for the hungry, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the new day. It starts with you. Say, it starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with us. If we pour ourselves out, then light is coming. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. That means your circumstance won't determine your satisfaction. He will satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. You'll have instruction to withstand the storm. Structure within. Instruction. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Would you stand with me? And we're going to respond to the Lord and say, Father, here am I, send me. I'm a repairer of the breach. I'm a wholeness officiant. I'm a peacemaker. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com.